Arise, shine, for your light has come. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the spring of 1804, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, along with 50 others, left Camp Dubois in southern Illinois, destined for the Pacific Ocean. President Thomas Jefferson had commissioned them to explore the newly acquired Louisiana Purchase. Lewis and Clark were up to the task, but they truly didn't know what sort of expedition they were getting themselves into. The journey would be a long one. There would be endless challenges, and the date of return? Unknown. Yet they set off from the east headed to see what the beauty of North America had in store for them. Almost a year and a half later, on August 26, 1805, Lewis and Clark finally arrived at Lemhi Pass on the Idaho-Montana border. They'd followed at this point the rivers as far as they could go all the way to their source. They'd trekked up endless quantities of mountains. And at that very moment they finally reached the Continental Divide. Should have been amazing, but something really surprised them. They truly expected to see the shiny waters of the Pacific Ocean in the distant horizon, but all they saw were more mountains. Their quest for the Pacific was about to take on an entirely new challenge, rugged terrain, and hundreds of miles to go. What a journey. Today, the church celebrates the arrival of the wise men, the magi from the east. These, this arrival from sages from a different land, people who had been prompted by a sign in the heavens that something new and wonderful was beginning. What could such a sign mean? Relying on oracles, Magi decided that they are looking for the birth of a new king. Every day in their journey, they got closer and closer. But the question remained, how will they be received? Will they be welcomed? Or will their presence be regarded as an invasion? They don't know. They don't know what sort of expedition they're really getting themselves into, but they trusted the sign, and so they proceed. Except there's one very substantial roadblock. The palace of King Herod stands in the way of Bethlehem. They are foreigners. Someone's noticed. They have to go in and offer obeisance to this ill-tempered ruler how do they keep their cool? We can only imagine that they would have been afraid. Herod commissions them to go to Bethlehem and see and to come back and report everything that they observe. So the Magi go to Bethlehem. And they find the exact spot where the star is shining. And the scripture tells us that great joy fills their hearts. Remember, like I said on Christmas Eve, happiness is fleeting, but joy is not. Happiness might even dwell on materialistic and worldly pleasure, but real joy 
is derived from things more permanent, things that satisfy the soul. Joy is something more constant. It's an assurance, a contentment deep within, something that might not just be about you yourself, but it might be about everyone. Joy is a reaffirmation of a new, true reality. So we know that great joy fills the Magi. But again, these wise men are seeking a king. Few kings in the ancient world would have openly received unannounced foreigners. So fear was probably a factor here. But their internal joy was too great to ignore. And besides, who would refuse a caravan bringing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh? The Magi saw possibility in the star which led them to Jesus. And in arriving to that humble dwelling there, they encounter the source of all being itself in the Christ child. This little child, through the power of the divine, has reordered the cosmos, has reordered the cosmos, and has called out to the entire world to come and see. And the Magi from the East had their eyes opened to the power of what was happening. The joy they felt reaffirmed something new was beginning. We don't know about the conversations that took place with Joseph and Mary during that visit or how long they stayed. But what we do know and the reason why we celebrate this Feast of the Epiphany is that the arrival of the Magi shows the actions of God to proclaim the birth of Jesus, not for just the local people of Judea, but for people of all nations of the world. Christ's arrival is a call for universal rejoicing and for universal awareness of the power of God coming into the world. What we know is that the Magi were seeking something wonderful. Their journey from far away revealed to them all sorts of new things. New awareness about our planet and its geography. New awareness about the complexities of the political world in which they lived. New observations of diversity of cultures, diversity of the human experience, and quite possibly a confrontational revelation of the poverty that many people experienced under Roman occupation. In their quest for this king, their lives were forever changed. Their encounter with the fountain of all joy led them to an awareness of a world around them that they had never seen before. And their encounter changed every aspect of their lives. Their understanding of their world suddenly became so much greater because God's power in Jesus reached out to not only the people in Jesus' own local culture, but the people of every language, people, and nation. The power of Christ's birth was revealed for absolutely everyone. I hope you see where I'm going with this. The Feast of the Epiphany happens at the beginning of the calendar year for a reason. Like the Magi, we also have the opportunity for awareness and change. 
like the Magi, we might also be seeing a fair number of things in our world that provoke us or challenge our beliefs about the world. Things like our planet's environment seeming to change at an even faster rate than most people understand. Political events that challenge our understanding of how government should function and how our country relates to the rest of the world. Things like observing the needs for human dignity, for those who seem different than the mainstream, or feeling a new call this year to do something to alleviate the poverty that exists in our own cities, in our own families, or even possibly in your own neighborhood. The Feast of the Epiphany brings a lot of New Year's revelation right into our front and center, and some of it might be absolutely alarming. But no matter how alarmed the Magi were about visiting Herod or about approaching the house where the newborn king was staying, we know that the joy of answering God's call reached out and God's perfect love cast out all fear. They had set out on an expedition to find a king. We know that their fears were put aside in order to experience the glory of the Lord that called them from far away to that exact place, a place so far from their homeland, a place where real love was born for a world that badly needed it. Matthew's gospel concludes this story by telling us the Magi went home via another way. They had had enough of Herod's grandstanding, and they experienced what they needed to experience with the Christ child. They went home forever changed. And none of the scriptures say anything more about them ever again. In a somewhat similar manner, a full three months after reaching the Continental Divide, three months later, on November 20th, 1805, Lewis and Clark finally arrive at the Pacific Ocean. Ocean in view! Oh, the joy, Clark writes in his journal. After staying there by the ocean through the winter, the expedition sets off back to the long journey home. Lewis and Clark arrive in St. Louis on September 23rd, 1806. And President Jefferson waits after they get back. President Jefferson waits two months before giving a one-sentence report to Congress about the, succession, the success of their expedition. Waits two months before giving one-sentence report to Congress about the success of their expedition. No parade no presidential medals. They were practically forgotten by most historians of their day. And their memory was only sporadically revived at the time of the centennial of their expedition in, 1804, in 1904. But it didn't matter, though, because their lives were changed. They saw the world absolutely and completely differently than they had before. My brothers and sisters, this feast today invites us on a new expedition this year to see the signs of God's power coming into the world and to pay attention to the world around us environmentally, 
politically, socioeconomically, spiritually, all the while cultivating an even greater sense of the love we have for God and for our neighbor. Yes, there, there's a lot of that. It's more than you and I can handle. And some of what we encounter might provoke fear or frustration, or we might get up, we might end up getting discouraged and we want to walk away. But the power of God's revelation of Christ's birth reminds us that joy is waiting for us. In the words of theologian Karl Barth, God's love becomes an event and a person. God's fellowship, powerful and a fact. It is a glory that awakens joy because it is God who himself radiates joy. His glory is radiant and what it radiates is joy. It attracts and therefore it redeems everything. We are being invited into this great mystery that will forever change us. We might not know what sort of expedition we're getting ourselves into, but we know this. We are invited this very day to push aside our fears and to tackle the challenges of our day. Because Epiphany reminds us that God reaches out to all of us to be the people of God for a world that needs us right here and right now. The invitation to be part of God's healing of the world has now been extended. Extended to you, extended to me, and to all of us this very day. So the question is, do you accept? <laughs>